Hello everyone and welcome to Funky Baz and Face, three brothers talking footy. We had a bye last week, boys, and I'm pretty excited tonight. We're in Funky's Lounge. I haven't yes. been in Funky's Lounge for a while. Mm. But more importantly, we've got a special guest here live in Funky's Lounge Room. Excellent, excellent. Very much looking forward to speaking to him. Hello, Funky. Hello, Baz. Hello, boys. Nice to be here, boys. Finished up my Goody Saints. There we go, right, boys. Goody Saints, off. under 11s, done for the year. Had a sensational, we had Nathan Bassett out there tonight. We can't get the introduction out without him talking about it. Goody Saints, we had a brilliant year. We wound up with the boys. We're full of energy. We're ready to go against, um, whoever we're playing, I forget who we're playing, but we're Sorry. playing something <laughs> Sunday. And lot, looking lot of, forward to the boys. Uh, but um, it's sensational to be here with Roscoe and you boys again tonight. A lot of well, opposition analysis then for your under-11s. That's right. Our special guest this week is Ross Waite. And now I had the privilege of working with the great man at mm. the Australian Sports Commission quite some years ago. Mm. And I was just telling you before, you work with people and some people got like standards sort of like here. Some people got high standards. And then there's a Ross Waite level. When you want to talk about someone who sets the scene Jeez. in and out this of a workplace, and this is, this is a big call. We're going to talk about what he does, both in his work for Port Adelaide Football Club in the community. Mm-hmm. He's a cracker of a man. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to, to be inspired here. by that. You've <laughs> talked him up massively. I'm, I'm ready to be inspired. No pressure. I've got high expectations on this. Maybe I need to lift my game a bit. Oh, you are. You don't. You pile into. Comp- Insignificant <laughs> compared to Roscoe. You haven't listened to the stuff that. Wow. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Off. Well, I'll tell you what, how, how I'm going at the moment. I went to a building. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, Ross Way. Who show is it? Yeah, Ross Way, welcome to the, the Funky Bass and Face podcast. Mate. It's an honour to be here with you. Thanks for coming along. Before we start, um, can I just uh, give you guys a little gift? Because <laughs> I know that's, uh, we love Crows oh, yeah, no. fans, but yeah. out of respect for, oh! uh, <laughs> for what we're doing uh, with the cause of violence against women, I've got your beautiful Port Adelaide oh, oh, white ribbon, no. so you're going to have oh, to wear this. Is, uh, this thank you very much. That is outstanding. I know this hurts you, boys. Oh, well, so, God, this, I think my head might actually dissolve like acid. And oh, you know, that looks good. You know the that size of my really head, good. I'm going to have to adjust the cap. Yeah, have you got yeah. a boy's cap for Funky? <laughs> <laughs> um, how much are they going for on eBay, Ross? Oh, mate, they're going for a lot, actually. These are wow. high off the press. I'm very excited about this. Thank you, oh. Roscoe. Is, he comes how in his own that, time mate. to talk to us, That's and he comes amazing. with gifts. He's brought chocolate. Yeah. Um, it's basically more than what Face provides. When you come to my house, actually, yeah. we've got funky Baz and Face T-shirts. Really? So we need to give Roscoe. He'd definitely be in the team of the year after that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, ca- he's captain. Do you have T-shirts? And we yeah. have T-shirts. Um, and we have a, a team of the year, and awesome. you are the front runner for captain. Brilliant. So, very, very well, welcome, good. Roscoe, Brilliant. to Funky yeah. Baz Face. Yeah, this is great. Now, very inspire good. me, Roscoe. Are we at that level yet, or are we? Uh, well, we're going to talk about our followers, and then we're going to talk about a great man. So, who's okay. our followers this week? Well, Baz? boys, four new Twitter followers to Funky Baz Face this week. We've got Declan Simpson. He's an Ohio University college graduate and big Crows fan, so he will love that we've just all been given three uh, PAFC caps. To fit in our heads. Um, so thanks, Declan, for tuning in. Uh, Rob247, uh, fair to say, he doesn't offer a hell of a lot on Twitter. Oh, Rob, he's only just joined Twitter, so I think he's just tuning in for us. Yeah. Uh, we got Matt, who is a big Crows fan. Again, the Strict Australia is his um, uh, Twitter handle. This is some of his tweets that he's handed out this week. He says, I now fear selection night at Adelaide Football Club, but they've done it to me again. Carlton of two full tall, uh, two tall forwards, a fill-in ruck, but let's place more slow tall backs on the MCG. Um, 
very, very interesting. So he's very critical of the Crows, and uh, fair enough, in some, some of the last couple of weeks. Anthony Leach is another one, boys. Um, Leachy. He got on Do you to... his mates call him Leachy? Probably. <laughs> Leach, the, the sucker. Um, he uh, chimed in on... Uh, I'll t- talk to the last couple of weeks about the Sacked podcast. It's where they've gone through all the, mm. the previous coaches. Quite interesting, actually. Mulhouse is on there. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the recent one is uh, Mick Mulhouse Part 2. And they've talked about when Mulhouse went in, the salary cap was a disaster. Mm. Oh, Anthony Leach... Uh, writes back saying, and the recruitment of Daisy on big money wasn't uh, adding to those salary cap lines. That's a great call, actually. Very good call. Um, but a couple of tweets this week, boys. As it uh, looks like Siddle might have got a, no, he just another wicket. Okay, still none for it. Commentating on the uh, cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Second test, pretty excited about that. Australia started well. One of our uh, brothers and sisters this week, Liam Sheedy, said it would be interesting to see how uh, Adelaide rates the game with Josh Jenkins on the weekend. He obviously played against West Adelaide. His opponent got in the best for West Adelaide and in perhaps a harsh assessment from Gavin Colville in the after-game presentation, did a, he said, did a great job on a bloke who earns more than a whole club. So a nice little dig on Scratchers Jenkins. Scratchers had a crack there because uh, I did bump into Gavin Colville during the year. Okay. and um, just, just Yeah, he's, he's a good good fella. So you would have had some time spending yeah, with, with Scratchers. So West Adelaide, just... So difficult to draw good players to their club yeah. because they're competing financially against mm. some of the other big clubs. And when you see Josh Jenkins, who's probably earning more, like you said, than the whole team, the whole, makes it hard, doesn't it? The whole club, absolutely. Um, another tweet out from the Swamp. We love this uh, Swamp thing and all his tweets. Gave a great tweet about uh, players that have kicked five goals in a game for Adelaide before turning 20. Twice it's been Mark Rusciuto, once it's been Taylor Walker. Another one, Jack Gunston, he's one that got away. And Darcy Fogarty Boys, 19 years, 320 days. And what a good performance against West Coast that was. Brilliant performance. Yeah, I'm going to bring in um, Darcy Fogarty soon in my Would You Rather. One last update, which our followers will know, is about the people's dog, Hot Chevy. Uh, mm-hmm. Placed third in, uh, where was it? Where they talking about Bridge. gambling with the uh, Power Community yeah, Limited? No <laughs> uh, Hot Chevy's a good tip there for you, Roscoe. So one of our local brothers and sisters, Jimmy Norris, uh, they have a dog, so we've named it the Twitter dog and the people's dog. Awesome. And, um, follow, yeah, so it's it. actually in the final at Hillsville in Victoria this week. Looking at the, looking at the competition... I think it's got no chance. There's some hot, hot uh, favourites there. You, you know your dogs, don't you, mate? I do. I'll, I'll follow their form by looking at the form guide. So <laughs> there's lots of ones. I reckon that one's favourite. So uh, good luck to Hot Chevy this week. Race 8 um, it, in Hughesville, Funky. Is that Very a good. tab track, that one? It will be a tab Hot Chevy races. 35 grand for the first oh, week. For the first get a month. So, uh, look, anyone can win. Hey, uh, who's, the, who's the ice skater that's... <laughs> He's done the old two arms, two legs. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, boys, I, I'll tell you why I love Roscoe so much. So, Port Adelaide Football Club, their mission is... The Port Adelaide Football Club exists to win premierships and make mm-hmm. our community proud. The man in charge of making community proud is Ross White. You think of the responsibility that this man has... As well as that, so he's the general manager of Power Community Limited. He's on the board for the Zara Foundation. So the Zara Foundation, uh, their aim is to end domestic violence against women. He's a white ribbon ambassador. He's on the Squash SA board. Just in squash. his, um, just in his. Oh, I love squash. Yeah. Just yeah. in his spare yeah. time. But just thinking about yeah. the programs that uh, Ross is responsible for. This is what Port Adelaide Footy Club uh, are responsible for. Yeah. And just through some of the conversations I've had with Ross and other people, 
Um, every AFL club does something in the community. Mm-hmm. Port Adelaide, without any word of a lie, do it better than anyone. And that's a, just a known thing. They do it so well between South Australia and Northern Territory. Um, responsible for the empowering youth. Haven't listened to what the powerisms in all this. Empowering youth. The Aboriginal Power Cup. Willpower. Uh, power to end violence against women. They have two um, Aboriginal academies, an Aboriginal AFL academy and an Aboriginal women's academy, which is brilliant. Have a listen to some of these stats. Every year they visit 70,000 people. So Ross and his team um, got a a small team with some legends in that team as well. Uh, Over 700 schools that they visit donate uh, items to 42 charities. Uh, You've donated 42,000 items that have gone all around the world. Uh, they've travelled over a year 150,000 kilometres, which is equivalent to four times around the world. <laughs> that is a busy man with everything. Welcome, Ross. Nah, thanks good. for having me, boys. What a responsibility and what an awesome yeah. job to make a difference in the community. Yeah, I guess I, I consider myself pretty lucky to be working for the Port Adelaide Football Club. And uh, I guess I don't really have the responsibility myself to make our community proud. The whole football club does. And we've been engaging the community since 1870 proud history and always given to the community so i think i'm just carrying on a legacy with my other colleagues to to make the community proud and i think when keith thomas came in in in, uh, 2012 they looked at our mantra and our mission statement and sort of identified that we couldn't just exist to win premierships which was the mission statement so they implemented the additional um uh, uh, the the addition, which is we exist to win premierships and make the community proud. So we're more than just a football club, um, and you can't always win premierships, as we know. You yeah. um, you're lucky to win one, mm. um, but our football club, we hope to make the community proud um, from how we go about our business and what we do in the community. It, it's it's brave because everyone talks about premierships, Absolutely. and then to invest so much time and energy into making a difference in the community and your resources and the China strategy as well. It, it's a bold move from the footy club as well. But at the end of the day, like you said, it is difficult to win a premiership. So how does that footy club make a difference? So there's, what are some of the unique stories that you've come across? Yeah, well, I mean, a background story, which not many people would, would know, is that when we started in 99, because that AFL team came in in 97, 99, we implemented the first community-based education program in the AFL, which is the Power Community Youth Program that still exists. Russell Ebert, the legend, basically went to the Premier and and uh, asked for some money um, to implement this program. And, and it was uh, to give something back to the community, but also give our players an opportunity to develop. And that program still runs now. And our first sort of four-year players are all involved in that. And it's integral for them understanding what Port Adelaide's about and building the passion for community, but also their professional growth in front of, in speaking in front of people. So um, that's where we all started. But in 2009, we did a research project over to the UK, looked at football club models or Premier League um, or division club models. and. I believe 91 out of the 92 clubs, Arsenal's the one that doesn't, they all have community trusts. Um, so we have a community trust yeah. with a board of directors that report back to the Port Adelaide Footy Club. So that's essentially how we're uh, modelled and we uh, generate our own revenue that's reinvested back into community. We'll, we'll invest around 3.2 mil into community programs this year. So it's fairly yeah. significant. Uh, but some of the stories, you know, we, we're doing programs that are changing people's lives. So we focus on education. It's not about football, um, you know, success or, or elite talent path, pathways. We use the brand and the players to engage. Um, so, you know, we are 
like last year we placed 82 students into further employment or um or education so for us that that's fairly significant that's, that's brilliant you know um, but we're change, trying to change young people's lives bridging the gap but um one of the stories that i reflect on is um in our multicultural programs so alapade carlo is our multicultural programs manager um, he's implemented a program called the Parent Cultural Program, which is basically encouraging young people to be proud of their culture because Australia's culture is very, um, you know, very young and it's uh, in, in, you know, we're a couple of hundred years old in ex- in the existing form, mm. but we need to recognise that we're coming to this country need need to acknowledge Aboriginal um, Torres Strait Islanders. Mm-hmm. So this program acknowledges that, but also allows culturally diverse young people to acknowledge their own culture. So a story from that is that a young person entered the program, wasn't willing to have uh, difficult conversations with their parents about their career pathway. So the parents sort of wanted them to go to university and take a certain pathway, but our program enabled them to build the confidence to have that conversation with, uh, with their parents about where they actually wanted to go. Um, so if we can do that by life skills and development of a young person so that they can then have those conversations and follow the course that they want to at a young age, I think that's really important. Um, but then with our Aboriginal programs, we are you know, supporting young people when they're coming from regional remote um, South Australia um, with their education pathways in South Australia, like in Metro Adelaide. So we're helping them, providing support mechanisms around them, um, which potentially uh, you, uh, the, the four of us haven't experienced because we've got supportive families. Mm. But for these young people, they're coming out of their community they're fairly isolated, they might be couch surfing. So we're trying to support yeah. those young people to enable them to have a well-rounded um, you know, support um, around their life so that they can actually function at education and be successful. Um, and, and my colleague, Paul uh, Vandenberg, who like leads and the His country. profile nationally is enormous Massive. with the work with um, Aboriginal uh, community and youth. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like, one in a million. Um, we're really lucky to have him. He's a great bloke. Um, like consider him a very close friend. But his passion for community and what he does for young people, um, you know, I would have no doubt he's probably doing something tonight, thinking about helping someone else. Yeah. Um, so we're really lucky to have that guy leading our programs. But to be supporting young people because it's uh, especially Aboriginal young people, it's a pathway that he had to come through and he experienced these challenges when he came from Sejuna to Adelaide. So he's trying to influence and support young people so that they can be successful and break the cycle um, because it's very much about breaking the cycle and closing the gap. So that's what we're all about. Um, and a big dream for us is to build an Aboriginal Centre of Excellence at Albert and Oval. Um, so we're in progress of that, which would be a boarding facility, cultural space, uh, but then an educational hub for a lot of our programs. Is that something you've spoken to the state government about recently and try to get some funding f- for that? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, and obviously um, uh, election uh, played <laughs> against us in that situation. But uh, we, we're close to both Lib- Liberal Party and, and Labor Party. Um, and uh, we're, we're working hard to sort of generate the revenue that it would take to, to build this facility. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of um, uh, SA Health people, and obviously, yeah, the changing government did put a, a, a kibosh on that um, program down at Albert. We have a very good friend in common, Vicky yes. Wellgraven, mad, mad, funky, bad, and faceless. 
Awesome lady, she, De- deadly lady, as she would absolutely. say. Absolutely. <laughs> I, um, I actually spoke to Vicky uh, during the week, and I said, "Look, we're interviewing Ross this week." She got, so this is uh, what she asked me to say. Ross is a well-respected person in the wider community. I've always heard great things about him and the work with Power Community Limited um, and the program to end violence against women, which obviously she's a, an amazing advocate for and um, her last few years have been amazing. Uh, she said, you're very dedicated, dedicated to the cause. She said, tell him to say hi to me, speak to him as he's a deadly bloke. Uh, so, absolutely, um, I love Vicky, she's awesome. We have great band, obviously, uh, crazy Crows fan and uh, Port fan and mad as she is. Um, we have great banter throughout the year. Mate, I have a lot of respect for you coming down to Port Adelaide Heartland (laughs) with your crows guernsey. Like, not many people would do that. Um, So I've got a lot of respect for you. I I need to see photographic evidence, though. I I will uh, flip that through. So before the podcast started, we were talking about that I actually went down to the um, uh, power... It was a crows home game, and I went down to their support supporter base, um, and yeah, they were looking at me, thinking, "Get out of here, mate! What are you doing here?" So, but it was all all to see Vicky. So, yeah, she's a quality individual. That's for sure. She's awesome, doing great work. How how many people uh, work with you to do this? I mean, it sounds amazing what uh, Funky was saying in terms of of what you were achieving and seeing the schools and travelling. In an office, so it's a, is it at Alberton? Yeah, we're, we're based at Alberton. We have uh, 11 full-time staff at the moment, so yeah. sort of delivering all of our programs, and we have a large pool of casuals. Um, and I guess the key to our success really is that we get strong player engagement and support from the programs that we do. Mm. Um, yeah, so we couldn't do it without the players and, and without the brand because um, we just have... You know, if you compare us to another not-for-profit, we have this powerful brand that's recognising community and, and people get engaged by that. So you must be uh, overwhelmed with people, with requests. Yeah, we do get a lot of requests. Yeah. And one thing we like to do at the club is is offer something. We will never say no, which is sometimes to our detriment because we, we don't want to say no. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, so it just puts us under a lot of pressure, but we love it. Like we have a saying in our team that community never sleeps. Um, and I just referred to Paul before and he's probably yeah. like the rest of the guys are probably doing something. Um, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, like I remember as a kid jumping over trying to get an autograph from a Nord SNFL player and I'd be like, oh, bugger off, mate. You know, you could, it's very hard to get interaction with the players, whereas now... It's just so open, isn't it? It's mm. and the interaction with AFL players to kids after the game, high fives, selfies is so different to what it used yeah. to be, isn't it? Yeah, which it has to be. It yeah. has to be that way. Yeah, and I mean, we're always thinking about developing fans. You know, like this mm. year we're we're aiming for sixty thousand members from a club point of view, um, and it's so important that we do that well um, because it means so much. Uh, it means a lot to our revenue and bottom line um, to bring new members in. Um, so we, we just need to make sure that our players are willing to do that, um, mm-hmm. and they are. We're really lucky that they're very supportive and understand the big picture for the club, um, which is, uh, yeah, and the AFL in general is, is really good with that. Actually, a great example of that um, this weekend is at uh, Woodbury-West Torrens. Um, they have their community day where they have big event. They're playing Adelaide um, in the SNFL round, so they're inviting um, kids and families to come onto the Oval to walk around the Oval before the game. Um, plenty of events, so actually that'd be great Sunday. Just go back to your heart. <laughs> uh, another thing that I saw has gone viral, courtesy of Ross Waite's iPhone, is the <laughs> Xavier Dersma arrow. Mm-hmm. Now I absolutely love this because he has got a lot of flack for bringing out the arrow during the game, and you know, sort of making sure he brings out the appropriate time. But the kids love it. 
How good is that? So can you tell us a story about going to the uh, well, high school? I'm not going to um, claim the credit for it because it was uh, <laughs> credit, a, co- a, a colleague. Yeah. Um, I'll claim a little bit of the credit, but yeah. a colleague, uh, Will, is, is Will North East, Paul North East's son. Yeah. Okay. He's working for Does us now. Does he keep the same? as? Will's <laughs> <laughs> got a beautiful kit, actually. Um, it's not genetic. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he's, been an, he's only just started working for the community team this year, but he's an outstanding character and um, he is coming up with these awesome ideas um, and one of them was to speak to Xavier before they went out to our community youth program and uh, and he said look mate I'm gonna ask you to do the uh, bow and arrow is that cool so uh, Xavier uh, yeah he said yes and they got all the kids to get up there and, and do Brilliant. the bow and arrow and it went viral went on Fox footy yeah, and yeah it and was I, awesome but I think, I think it shows the character of the bloke that he does it in that forum and that can go viral and he, he takes that but also he followed it up with, with the game at uh, Marvel didn't he he also he did, did it in yeah. front of that crowd yeah. that was just fantastic he copped all that flack and abuse about whether he should do it or not and then he does it anyway yeah. that shows that he's got confidence within himself but in the teammates feed off that as well I, I think for him he's just a, an outstanding uh, young man and um, it, there's more to him than just football um, and he yeah. was, you know, people did ask, well, do you need to do that? Um, and he said, yes, this is me. Like, he, he dances. Um, he's, he's, he's really talented. Um, and that's how he celebrates it's a goal. Like, and I um, think, his yeah. dancing is sort of like a ballet sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. it's very creative. None of us could do it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, for, for him to do that, and I, I think the AFL players now have a platform. They can create their own profile. So it's important at the club that they understand what the club wants them to do, but they need to create their own profile um, and brand. And he's creating his own brand. Um, So hopefully Mm. that will hold him in good stead for the career beyond football, you know? Mm. So that's really important that we're helping these young guys. If it fits within the team um, structure and what the team allows, we help these guys um, develop their character and profile so that they can go on after football because it's that's a very good. short career pathway. Yeah, that's right. I've got a story about Ron Fuller and players celebrating. So I used to sit next to Ron Fuller at the Eagles. I used you to do Eagles in North Adelaide. Yeah, I used to yeah. do the magnets, and uh, so I was the fitness coach, and then used to do the magnets. Very again. Gear, magnets, I tell you what, bloody hard. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, bloody hard. And uh, I remember doing it for Michael Godden once, and I had them all in the wrong spot, but. Um, we were playing a prelim it wasn't, it wasn't final. A final for the Godsey, it, it was prelim final um, at Adelaide Oval against West Adelaide, and we were horrendous all day. And then we just had this comeback in the third quarter. Matthew Stokes was playing to us uh, with us before he got drafted to Geelong. Kicked this goal from the Eddie Betts pocket. Adelaide Oval scoreboard on the boundary got us within two points. All this momentum in the third quarter. He raises his arm to all the crowd because it was a, it was a twi- first twilight game for the final, so it's a good crowd there. Raises his arm, the crowd's gone nuts. The Eagles crowd, well, the, mind the, you, the four members. And Ron Fuller's gone. Get your finger down, you little prick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hated the celebration because it was like focus on the game. If you were within the goal square momentum and you kick the ball out of the stadium, it was like. That's a massive no because it loses it's, momentum. It's so, so old school that is. Massive. Oh, yeah, so yeah, to see time. the kids embrace that, I'm sure you hand out merchandise and stuff like that, but the power of that arrow. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. See, I bet Ken was laughing at it in the box. Yeah, he did it against Essendon, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Marvel. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, do you think um, Ken's backed him to yeah. say, you know, Ken and the, and the boys have backed him to express say, yourself. you know, express yourself. Yeah. And um, if, if they agree as a team, then it's, then it's up to them. You know, to make those decisions and support the young man. Do you feel when uh, the team's going through a rough trot, does that 
filter down to you guys? Is it is that are you do you feel part of that in terms of yeah. having people come up to you and saying what's wrong with this or Sack Hinkley because you know the Sack Hinkley thing was going around for a while this year. Do, do you feel that? Or I guess when we lose, we feel it at the club straight away. Mm. Um, the tempo's down, and we we. We get emotional with the wins and losses. We we're like a roller coaster as well. But in the community, so are our fans. They're so diehard and, and passionate. Um, so we do feel it and we and we hear it. But we um, we put a positive to it, um, you know. And and we we I'm confident we're going to play finals. We've got two games to go. Um, and if we play finals, a lot of the negative talk is is dispersed, you know. Sure. Um, you know, because that's what we what we're here for. No, that's great. I told you how good he was, didn't I? About you did. his high you did. standards. Yeah. Yeah. So, Roscoe, we we're going to uh, come back to you about a few things. I'm very interested to hear about Zara's quest, the money that you've raised, and Kokoda. Uh, but first, I'd like you to join us on Baz's Bake. Boys, I'm not happy, lads. I'm not happy. I'm not happy, boys. I'll tell you why I'm not happy. Okay, Roscoe. Oh, I'm not happy, mate. You don't have to. You don't have to agree with him, boys. Okay. <laughs> okay. Have we got FaceTime? These days, boys. You talking about my time, or have we got FaceTime? Yeah, we do. Yes. Have we got Twitter? Yes, we do. If we clap twice, <laughs> do the lights go off? <laughs> Not in this house, but yes. <laughs> do we put man on the moon? Uh, debatable. I think I know where you're going, mate. Technology is at an all-time high, Roscoe. <laughs> but in a million-dollar or billion-dollar industry, boys, with the cricket world holding its collective breath for the first day <laughs> of the second test. We have a washout. We're all gathered around our TVs and we have a washout. Not good enough, boys. Surely in 2019, we could have a more durable ball. We could have more durable grass. Or maybe we could just, we all just shrug our shoulders and say, you know what, too bad, it's too hard. There should be a solution. <laughs> Name me, boys, another sport that wusses out over a little bit of rain. Tennis. <laughs> Name me two sports. <laughs> Name me two sports. <laughs> Boys, it's not good enough, okay, in 2019 that this happens, okay? Billion, billion dollar industry. How much are we looking forward to that first day of the second? Everyone was talking about it around the water cooler, and we come home and we go, oh, and we turn it over to one well, mate, like uh, Survivor or something. Actually, like, you would have been actually happy I know the Bachelor was on. Oh, yeah, oh, it, it wouldn't have bothered you at all, boys. I'm actually struggling with the Bachelor this year. I'm more on Survivor actually. But anyway, yeah. Funky's more over the Bachelor than both of us. I did watch. Do you watch the walkout? Did you? I did. But anyway, get back to this, boys. Yeah. I'm not happy Fun, about Funky's it. Changed, yeah. Roscoe. Tell me, there should be something else that like. We should develop, you know, that we're test cricket should be more adaptable to the young kids. We should make it that they surely should play through a little bit of rain, don't you think? Just play it under a roof, mate. And problem well, solved. I don't know. Do you think so or not? Am I... Yeah, I was disappointed that they didn't play, but it's like, well, cricket doesn't play in the rain. But you've got a very good point. It's like kids, kids the game won't handle that. You know, kids yeah. want fast pace. Mm -hmm. They want they, yeah, you know, that's it goes T for five that's, days. That's T20, though. That's their appeal of it. The thing, sorry, Roscoe, go no, on. you go. One of the rules last night is that they've got to wait for the rain to stop, then half an hour, then they toss oh. the coin. Who, that, that's who sits, who sits I think the other that. thing is they wouldn't start before 11 o'clock. Why can't they start at nine? It built the suspense. So we're all talking about it now. Everyone's mm. been talking about it today. You're hanging to watch it today. I think it's all good. They compacted <laughs> it into yeah. four days. You know, that's yeah. right. Yeah, but there's probably not going to be a result now, but anyway. 
that's just that's my little bait, boys. I'm not happy with that, but there we go. <laughs> well, I, th- I do think you make a good point, but there are some. I'm sure there's more than tennis, but maybe our followers can turn to us as well. I'm not done boys. yet, boys. I'm not done with yet because I have a 60 seconds with Roscoe, right? It doesn't really quite fit from what we've been talking about, but I like to go on the run, on the fly here, boys, with oh. this. Is that because what we haven't really talked about is this man's playing career, all right? Yeah. So that's how I know him of his playing career. Now feel free to jump in with any questions during the sixty seconds uh, pace and put it on the clock. Um, Roscoe, best club that you've played for? Mount Lofty. Mount Lofty. Okay. Worst club that you've played for? Oh, I don't think I've played for a bad club. Okay. Now <laughs> you were a. Well-paid country player. <laughs> Did you negotiate your own contract? <laughs> uh, I did, I did. Did you, you did. do uh, push-ups before you went in to negotiate your contract to go with this guy? Yeah, yeah. usually another yeah. haircut and get the tips done. Yeah, that's right. Who <laughs> 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 the tips? Yeah. Um, did you ever limp into a game just so you could get your yellow envelope? Um, oh, there was one time. <laughs> there was one time I played and I was extremely unwell, but I gave my envelope back. Oh, oh I, I, I told that, you. No, you are. I tell you, what, the reason why we say that is that my dad, who you met tonight, like he used to be the president, the treasurer, the you know billboy, everything. What yeah. a man! Yeah, and he used to like sell the raffle tickets, and then this guy came. I won't say who he is. And he did his hamstring on a Thursday night, so he on the Saturday he runs out, sort of hobbles out, minute first minute, hammy gone, and then puts his hand out for his three hundred bucks, which back in those days and dad big, was just coin. dad was just distraught. And that's probably a hundred and fifty hours of dad's voluntary. That's time. right, yeah, he was gutted. So like just things like that really sort of got him over the journey in a country club it's tough absolutely does um, your commentary include in the 60 seconds or do we start at the top oh sorry about that yeah <laughs> just keep rolling best coach you played under uh, David Hart he was a coach I played, when I played for Parakram Juniors yeah he's just an yeah. uh, outstanding man what was, what was one of the traits that you got out of him great communication um, yeah. and, and he was always level headed yeah. um, cool and calm under pressure but you know, local uh, junior level, but still just a great role model. Yes. Uh, best power bloke out of all of them, one name, best power bloke? Uh, Russell okay. Ebert. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I consider him. Just an idol. Of oh, idol, great yeah. man, uh, role model, leader. Yeah. Um, walks past a piece of rubbish on the floor, picks it up, doesn't yeah. matter where he is. Um, and he's just a quality man. There's can some, I, there's some oh, people. Can I ask you about this? What, what, 60 seconds, hang on. <laughs> there's some people in this world. That you just glad that you know, yeah. Like I think you both glad you know me. But, <laughs> uh, but you just glad you know him. Sorry, yeah. Um, tell me about the Gatorade shower. I'm an anti Gatorade shower because of sustainability, mess, and the environment. Waste. Are you a for or against the Gatorade shower? I'm for a celebration. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I like the bow and arrow, and yeah, I'm for it. I'm oh, I love for that. It. Um, most promising young port coach. Young poor coach. Uh, like out of all the the hierarchy behind there, is there someone that you think is your next Alex Alistair Clarkson who coached as a assistant at Port? Back look, in the day? I like the way Nathan Bassett goes about it because mm-hmm. I think he's a he's a smart man and um, he's a good communicator and, and reads yeah. the game well. And I think he would make a really good coach um, in in yeah. the future. Will Michael Michael Voss be a senior coach? In the future, I think he should be. Also, I've got a lot of respect for Michael. He's just—he's a, a great man, and I obviously haven't been coached 
by him, but how he um, how he is off field and around a football club is someone you would want to lead your club. I think. No, that's uh, it. That's boy. That's, that's like passes that. yeah. five minutes. Um, what about Jared Schofield? Just come back to the club after playing career and um, being at Subiaco and coaching premierships out there. What's his influence been on the club this year? Yeah, I think it's been awesome. Like we've got um, him back in Montgomery, back Dean mm. Brogan. So we're bringing um, a lot of Port Adelaide flavoured, uh, yeah. successful players back. So I think. Um, uh, collectively, they've brought a lot back to our group. Um, that's success as well. So they can mm. they understand what Port Adelaide's about, and they can influence our young players. And and Scully's been really good for for the group, and also successful coach uh, in WA. He's so off his own back. yeah, off his own back. So I think um, great to have him come back, and and I think he's got a young fella that will probably come get through. picked up. So yeah, yeah so it's by, so by Port. Good. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Good to have. <laughs> How many hours a week does Keith Thomas, Chris Davies, and Ken Hinkley put into the footy oh, club? Oh, mate. You, you would not uh, believe the amount of hours mm. that they, those guys put in. Um, Keith is, uh, yeah, he's, he's a workhorse and really passionate about making our club the best it can be. Um, so he's, he's there a lot. And, and Ken is as well. Um, it was interesting after the, I think it was just after uh, the preseason, sort of asked Ken if he had had a bit of a break and he mm. didn't have much of a break because what these senior coaches are doing, they're thinking about the next season, they're going in the mm. draft period and they're preparing. It happens um, so quick, doesn't it, after uh, the end of the year? Especially Absolutely. how your season's ended the last few years, like the West Coast after the siren. Yeah. Yes. And then, you know, the last few years have been disappointing right at the end. Yeah. So I think everyone will be hell-bent they are making it turn it around yeah absolutely um, but they, they work so hard and, and I think there's a lot of respect that has to go in the AFL industry for how much uh, time energy effort but also pressure these guys have mm. on, them, on themselves yeah. uh, to, to be successful Funky does a would you rather Roscoe and my would you rather has some uh, Mick Abbott. Uh, we interviewed Mick Abbott a couple of weeks ago, and he was so excited about Funky Bass and Face. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, he's been uh, very good in terms of conversing there. Me, me and him are besties now. Him, yeah. him and yeah. I. Him and I. Yeah. Uh, me and him. Now, <laughs> boys, um, the Crows traded out Charlie Cameron, as you know, and we got a selection pick for that. Within that, the Crows chose Darcy Fogarty, yeah. I think. My research is a bit loose, but I think no, so. Right. No, it's exactly right. Thank you. Pick 12. Pick 12. And Would you 12. rather Charlie Cameron or Darcy Fogarty? Well, they actually asked that on radio this week, actually. And they said, uh, I think one of them, I think Bickley said he'd rather Darcy Fogarty. Uh, but what are your opinions? I think when, when the trade first happened, I thought that 12 was actually overs for Cameron. Mm. I felt that he was quite inconsistent in his yeah. performances. He could light it up like he did in that prelim final and that's probably the last match I remember for the Crows. But, um, you know, he lit up that day and took it apart. He's just doing that more consistently for Brisbane now, which is mm. fantastic to see. We definitely miss that skill set. Crows definitely miss that skill set in their forward line now. So that's yeah. the difference. What's your answer, though? <laughs> oh, Fogarty's, Fogarty's going to be an awesome player. Oh, in terms of his where he could reach his peak, I'd take Fogarty. Well, at the moment, I think he's uh, he's one shining light um, mm. for, for the Crows. Mm. But if uh, if it was about immediate success, so, I would probably say so Cameron, Cameron because yeah, you know um, he would have added something at the moment when Betts is um, you know he's finishing declined. his career. Yeah. Yeah. Stengel is on the way through. There's a bit of a gap there, so he yeah. would have fit in perfectly. Yeah. And, and you know this year he's played really good football. His pressure, his tackle, um, his mm. his intense, his power. Yeah, yeah, his power. Um, I think that's something that would go a long way. For for the Crows. Yeah. Can I just ask Roscoe another question, mate? 
Do you think that having your um, Aboriginal Academy and what you're doing with the greater Indigenous um, community, do you think that has an effect on recruiting Aboriginal players in terms of Motlop chose, he could have either chose the Crows or Port, do you think that that had a weighing effect on choosing Port Adelaide yeah. and um, also in um, Paddy Ryder? Yeah. 100%, yeah, I, I think the guys probably have multiple options on the table and they would look at... Um, what would uh, suit them best um, on field, but also off field. And mm. I think uh, Port Adelaide would have uh, got over the top of other clubs just based on our Aboriginal programs. And mm. and uh, and Paul, again, um, being someone that could mentor Ooh, the young, young yeah. lads and what is actually established there, people want to be a part of. That's interesting, because yeah. we didn't really think of that when he might not chose uh, power over Christ. Yeah. You're a 200 game AFL player. Would you rather be known across your career for goal celebrations? Or for your achievements in the community? Well, it's a bit awkward if we say goal celebrations. Baz didn't hear anything after goal celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's another choice. Actually, did you see the tweet this week? There was a, um, a Matt Harris that did this, sold the candy left, sold it right, sold it left, and then uh, kicked, a, kicked one around his body. Mm. There was no Baz? goal celebration, was there, Baz? Uh, I'd rather the community, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. No, I mean, that's pretty shallow if you say uh, celebration. It's not really the same. Well, you know the interesting thing, though? Like, we talked about the bow and arrow, right? Mm. Maybe that is your connection to the community. How many kids want to do the bow and arrow? Yeah, yeah, is this Mick Abbott's? Which one was Mick's? That's mine. Okay. I said I did it because I knew you'd be about goal celebrations. I knew Roscoe would be about community achievements. <laughs> we know your answer. You get sacked if you did the goal celebrations, uh, Roscoe. I, I wouldn't kick any goals, so that's mm. fine. I'm down yeah. the back pocket. Mick Abbott has uh, said, would you rather be a leading the team's leading goal kicker or the best team man? Definitely leading goal kicker, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> best team man is like you know a little bit of a um, try again next year award. Leading goal kicker, that's where the money is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, sad, the sad thing about it, I saw Mick's uh, questions come through, and I saw it, I thought, I've won about six um, team man awards. Coach and then, award. And, and then yeah. I saw him saying, um, no one remembers the coach's pet, and I thought, oh, shit, he's probably right there. That's right. <laughs> uh, spot on, but uh, you're doing the team things. You're, doing, you're helping your teammates kick their goals, and you're contributing to their success. So... Yeah, we're not flashy, are we? So anyway. Uh, I, I won a most committed or something like that one year. <laughs> like, it was my first year playing A-grade football in Barossa. It's my, like, most that, that's like, he's the guy that I like the most, but he's not the best player. No, no, <laughs> um, he also said, would you rather be Gillen McLaughlin or Hamish McLaughlin? Did you say Gillen? Well, how yes. else do you say, mate? Well, maybe that's right. That sounds <laughs> weird. <laughs> Gil. Gil, okay. Read it again, sorry. <laughs> Would you rather be the, ch the chief of the AFL or uh, the, the media seven sport? Well, how do you think that uh, Gillian is going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would, I would be Gillian, Gil. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a high tough pressure gig. job. It's a tough, gig, very yeah. tough. Yeah. You criticise of everything that you do, yeah. and I think you um, think he's doing a good job. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say that he's not. Um, yeah, I think um, people need to put themselves in when they criticise or, or whatever. Need to put themselves in other people's shoes and, mm. and sort of understand the sort of pressure that that job would entail and mm. scrutiny. So yeah, I, I think he is. Yeah. Well, Mick, you? actually, uh, well, I, I, I mean, it's a bit honest. I don't really know. I mean, he's getting a huge amount of money. He gets criticised an unbelievable amount, but I think some of the criticisms are justified in, in terms of the way that he 
doesn't make himself all that available to the public in terms of when he makes decisions. I just think it'd be such a hard job. Yeah, I, I understand mm. that, but I think some of the decisions that he that he has made, like in terms of during the week, he was saying, um, "Oh, I don't want, I don't think that uh, Cl- Cl- Cornelio Cornelio <laughs> should go to Carlton." Like, you can't say that. No, right. no I, I think agree. you can. You got it. No, you no, can't. I'm happy with that. No, you can't. I'm happy with that. No, you can't. No, as, Funky, no you, you can't say neutral. that. No. You cannot say no. that. I'm happy with a, a, a foundation player, with a, a a really good player with a foundation club. I'm happy mm. for him to stay there. Yeah, I know. But in, in terms of trade and that, he can't comment on that. He can't have favourites. Can you imagine if suddenly he stays at GWS? It, it would be stinky all over. That, 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 that to me, things like that, he, he shouldn't be a part of. You know, he's getting paid an enormous amount of money. I, I don't to think run the game. He doesn't need to go no, into those conversations. That's right. But um, in terms of, how good is it now, in terms of when there's two players, no one takes each other's head off, the pit, players yeah. actually wait before they go into the ball. Mm-hmm. That's been a massive success. Yeah, massive yeah, success. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I wish it had it around when I was playing with Brossa and I got knocked out 25 times. <laughs> uh, Mick yeah. Abbott actually gave some feedback. He said, I'll pick Hamish because he has a better job. He seems to have more fun, which is probably spot on yeah, here. Laughing true. all the time. Yeah. His would you rather gave me the idea of a would you rather. Would you rather Andrew Jarman or Darren Jarman? Darren Jarman by the length of the straight. Darren Jarman without even thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst one you've ever done. Yeah. What about their uh, body mass index? Would you rather Andrew Jarman or Darren Jarman? Oh, that's a good call, though. Uh, yeah. Which got me to the next one. Would you rather Funky Basil Face? If you have to be one other brother, who would you rather be? You, you can't be yourself. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a hard one. Actually, man. you don't get let out too often. I'd rather be funky. <laughs> <laughs> but he can't eat gluten, mate. I don't care. Like, yeah, unless I get out. Actually, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind being bad. It's just, oh, for, a, no, just, for, a couple, <laughs> just for a couple of weekends and then I'll come back to myself. <laughs> Right, uh, know, who, know who your friends are, that's fair enough. That is, that's a great one, though. Boys, <laughs> would you rather be coached by David Teague, Don Pike, or Ken Hinckley? And I know your answer. Uh, who would you rather be coached by, any of those three? I'm going to go Ken Hinckley. I've always been a fan of how what he says. Yeah. Um, Don Pike doesn't seem too inspiring for me, and David yeah. Teague is too new. So Ken's got runs on the board. I think he's doing... It's not, it's not because so, Roscoe's here, but so, I think he's doing so a brilliant So why do you think people were asking to be sacked? Are they not seeing big picture? And that's that exists to win premierships. You know, that is that, that expectations. Do, how do you answer that? Well, well, when I, people I think, say they should sack Ken, and, and which they would have said to you a lot five weeks ago, what did you reply to well, that? Well, I think um, Ken's done a good job um, with what, he, what he's got, and the future is really bright. So yeah. for people that are looking now for an immediate result yeah um if you look at our list and where we're moving mm. i think that's something to be really excited about but we're almost on the cusp of the finals so people just had to back him in and i think that supporters need to back their coach in you know like um in in um, football overseas soccer the team might lose but there's a packed stadium mm. That's what our fans in, in Australia need to do, um, and Port oh, really? Adelaide fans. We need How to support is it our coach. to watch the EPL and and, and Funky and I uh, talk about this. I wish I was you, mate. Funky and I talk about this. In the EPL, like the support there, you, as a club, you must just yearn to have. And you, you've got the scarves up in that. Which I, is I, I love the scarves. So I absolutely but love you, the scarves. You must just yearn for that 
atmosphere that the like EPL win, win or lose your fans are there and that's what we need to get to um, so when when we're at that point as a football club we will be going really well mm. um, yeah absolutely but um, yeah I think Ken um, I've got his back he's, he's going to get us in the finals this year I and, think the, and fact, then... the fact that you turned the list around you got rid of um, not got rid of but you traded Polek and Wingard you deliberately went younger and you're still finishing in the eight, what it looks like with two rounds to go, that's a massive plus for Port this year. Absolutely. But can yeah. I just say something which, Ross, see what you answered this, your crowds have gone down now. I know that the weather's been bad for you. Yeah, is that is that what they're, because obviously it's so important that you get the bums on seats there. Is that what they're saying is because of the weather? Is that It's definitely not just the weather. It's uh, the, the schedule, the fixture. We've got a lot of Saturday day games and afternoon games. A lot of country, country and local yeah. footy is being played at that time. So people aren't having the opportunity to come. Um, so if you look at um, our, our fixture, it's been pretty disappointing this year. Um, but if the fixture was changed, um, potentially we could get more bums on seats. But it has been performance and weather as well. Yeah. So it's a combina- combination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is hard for people to attend 11 games. No doubt. Isn't it? When you're playing footy, yeah. that's impossible. Like, we, you know, playing footy, coaching kids' footy, mm. to get to the, like, even on, you know, Crows are playing Collingwood, which would be a massive game, to get there on the weekend coaching kids the next day mm. at Barossa all day running running for Barossa on the weekend at Capunda I've got no chance to get there and so. that's midday like, no, sorry that's at 4pm isn't it so I mean yeah, that's like, right. really yeah, difficult no for chance. anyone yeah, playing yeah. footy yeah. Yeah. Roscoe can you tell us about Kokoda and why you tracked it with your mates yeah, well, it's uh, a good question. Obviously, I, I get to do a lot of goodwill in the community with uh, with the work that I do. Uh, so I got a, I, I spoke to a group of mates and we decided that we wanted to do something good for the community. We wanted to raise some money. We identified three different causes, one being mental health, one set up a scholarship, and the other was raise money for domestic violence. Uh, and we all landed on, uh, we wanted to do something for domestic violence because we felt that uh, a group of mates, uh, men, would be able to raise awareness, but also raise some good money for a foundation. We had a connection um, to Arman Abraham Zadeh, who's um, who essentially founded the Zara Foundation with his uh, two sisters, and they found the foundation basically because their mother was tragically murdered on her birthday on Persian New Year in front of 300 people um, at the convention centre. Um, so it's a tragic story, but the resilience that they showed to set up this foundation that primarily helps. Uh, uh, women and their children, um, so it assists women with training programs to help them get back into the workforce, but also um, provides uh, small funds for the women to set themselves up to go back to work um, with uh, uniforms or laptops or whatever it might be, and then also helps the children with uh, educational needs, um, so small funds to help the, the students and the kids get back into school. So. Uh, we, we just uh, felt like it was an opportunity to do something good for the community and, um, and we're really happy that we did it for the Zara Foundation and we also did a physical challenge by trekking Kokoda. So, and how much were you planning to raise and how much did you raise? Yeah, well, we set ourselves a target of 10 grand each, so 50 grand in total because there was five of us all up and we raised 65 grand uh, and I think that was really we we're really proud that we achieved that but we we're more i think we were more the more the significance was that we were a group of five men raising uh, awareness to a, a an issue that affects women um so the attention that we got from doing that was far greater than the money that we raised and i think mm. um i think you know domestic violence is such a silent killer in our community i, I did i checked the stats uh, 
early this week and 41 women had been murdered this year and 11 kids. Uh, and we're, you know, we're just in August now. Um, so it's, it's tragic. Uh, almost one woman, a woman a week is dying. Um, there's like emotional, physical, sexual violence that's happening. So um, it was really important that we raise awareness for, for that cause. Jeez, your head must be just crammed with so much things that you want to do and that you are doing success and unsuccessfulness in terms of what's, what's happening out there. How do you sleep? You know, you, you, <laughs> you must be thinking, oh, I could do this, I could do it's, that, it's I could a, do this. It's a great point. Yeah, I, like you, you know, our admiration for what you're doing is mm. is top notch. But you must, your head must. You might have to come home at times, and your wife would just say, "Let's just play Scrabble. Let's just like watch Family Feud or something <laughs> where you can just dumb out a bit." Because you must be just peaked at, at times trying to make things happen. It's it's a good point. Um, the way I'm wired, I just constantly tick in my mind tick. So it's really mm. hard for for me and my my wife to actually get me to focus on on chilling out yeah. uh, because yeah. I'm always thinking about doing something else. Um, but I'm really lucky to get the do the work that I do and impact the community. Mm. And I think we can all do more, um, you know, in some way no, and, you're dead right and, there, and yeah. think about what we're passionate about um, and try and assist in that area. It might be that you've been touched by, um, you know, by a, an illness um, or something, mental health it might be. And I think that everyone's had a touch point with something in, in their life where you could contribute back and give something to the community. Yeah, that's great. Um, Roscoe, before I go back to Kokoda Tracks, really interesting part of your trek there. Um, obviously, White Ribbon, you're an ambassador for White Ribbon and, and do a lot of um, speaking engagements out in the community. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Obviously, you're talking about the domestic violence against women then, but the role that you have within White Ribbon? Yeah, um, I, I, we've set up and established this program at the football club, which is the Powder and Violence Against Women, where we... Uh, well, essentially designed a program um, to speak to young men about violence against women and respectful relationships. And that's really where my passion started, um, okay. besides knowing a few people that had been affected by domestic violence. And I, we were connected to White Ribbon, so I identified that I wanted to do the White Ribbon accreditation um, to become an ambassador. And, yeah. um, you know, it's a fairly rigorous process um, that they take you through and, you, um, you know, you go through a training and you get endorsed and then you get asked to speak at engagements. Uh, and I don't think um, people aren't coming to me through White Ribbon. They're more coming to me um, because of the other work that I've done through yeah, the Zara okay. Foundation where they're yeah. asking me to speak. And I guess having the White Ribbon endorsement is, is really important um, uh, as a, a visible brand that's saying Definitely. men are saying no yeah. um, to violence. So it's been, it's been great. And... Um, locally, well, in, in Australia, there's another organisation doing a lot of great work, which is called Our Watch, and they're doing um, a lot of uh, gender equality studies around why violence against women happens and how culture plays an important role in family and, and our community and how we're being brought up. Um, and it's really about, you know, basic disrespect in, in community and, mm. um, and disrespect for, for women. Um, and one thing that I want to encourage is for men, if they see violence against women, to actually stand up and, and uh, prevent it and stop it. Mm -hmm. And it's a confronting thing to do, to be a bystander and say, hey, don't do that to that to that woman. It's, it's a confronting thing, but we need to do that. We need to divert that situation to help the women that we care and love about. Um, and one question I want to ask you boys is, if, uh, if you're parked in the city and you're going to an event, after the event, how do you keep yourself safe when you walk into the car? 
You, you don't even want to think about it. Mm. Yeah. Don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. 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 So, and, and if I am with my wife, then you make sure that someone's with her or I'm with her, you know? Yeah. Something. What about how do you think women keep themselves safe when they're... Well, well I, have to go in twos or threes or... Yeah. And if Karen... I know if Karen drives to the city and it's night time, I always think about how is she going to get from where she is to the car. Always think... I always think I'm going to be fine, but I always think about making sure my wife's all right. Well, and a lot of women are thinking about prior to the event where they park. Is it in a safe spot? Is it out the front of the venue? Is it under a light? Mm. When they come out, they're thinking about who's around me? Do I make a phone call, pretend I'm on the phone? Do I have my keys in my hands to fend off someone? Do I have the personal protection spray? Mm. So for us blokes, we don't actually think about how our women are feeling um, to get from to feel safe, mm. you know, which is, is, is pretty devastating. I think, um, you know, we don't, we take that for granted and our, the women that we love and care about are having to think about being safe all the time. Um, so I think that's why it's our responsibility as men to say no, enough's enough. Um, if we see something, we're going to call it out and it's something you might see at work, you know, disrespectful behaviors yeah. by a man to a woman or in general, we're going to call that out and workplaces can do a whole range of, mm. of work with white ribbon accreditation, our watch are doing accreditation, but I, I go and hear a lot of people talk, but it's more about what you can do now. So if I can influence you and your listeners to actually say, well, how can I stand up against violence against women? How can I? Um, assist my football club how can I if if my mates are talking disrespectfully to a woman how can I show some balls and say no that's not on you know because in a footy club we've all been around footy club where you might be in the change rooms and someone's wolf whistling at a girl and she's by herself imagine how she feels have you ever had to do that have you ever had to step in uh, at any stage on on something you've been like socially or yeah I, I mean I have seen because I've been involved I've seen things out in the community since mm. where I've had to sort of intervene um, and one thing I think about my behaviours when I'm walking in the street so if I'm walking behind a female I'm thinking about how she might feel with me being there <laughs> and the eye contact as well if I'm walking I'll try not to like make a, a, a woman feel uncomfortable at all. So I might just hold back. I might, yeah. um, you know, look the other way or change direction just so that she doesn't feel uncomfortable or or, um, or threatened by me. Mm. Although I might not be mm. threatening, she may feel that and feel unsafe. Mm. Unbelievable. Um, a little bit of lighter topic. Going back to Dakota, so there was the photo that came out that you actually trekked with the honey badger, Nick Cummings. Mate, it was... Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. I, I want to know whether he said any of the following lines. So give us a little bit of background about the time with him. Yeah, well, before we went on, my wife, Mel, she works uh, on the radio and uh, she works with uh, Hit 107 and she said, I, I heard that maybe the, the badge <laughs> might be on the wall because it was just after The Bachelor. Um, so she heard a little, um, like a little rumor, and uh, uh, he, uh, he he was, and we we heard that he was. So our tour guide Bernie, who's an absolute legend, I think he's doing his sixth Kokoda walk. So if you guys want to do it, I can link you up to him. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, sixteenth. 
Um, he he said, I've found out what walk the badger's going on and he's coming the opposite direction. <laughs> so we will cross paths with him. And this was him like trying to get away from the media after the badger. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so my wife Mel said, if you can get a photo, you've got to get it out because it can raise some awareness for Zara's, Zara's quest oh, and Zara's absolutely. foundation. So yeah, we, we were walking and, and Bernie said, I think it's on this day we're going to get um, the badger. So we were looking out for him and... Um, and then we heard, we saw it was on this massive steep uh, hill and there was a bit of a, a commotion and the girls were all getting, it was, it was funny though, all of the women that were doing the trek with, they hadn't put makeup on all, all, <laughs> all walk and then they were looking beautiful um, and great ladies they were and uh, yeah, we were, there was a big commotion and the badger was there, he was looking amazing like he had, uh, you know, like he hadn't um, dropped a beat of sweat or anything he looked perfect and us blokes have rocked up to him and sort of got a photo and um yeah you know he didn't um he we we're hoping that he was going to pull out the one-liners but um but he was like all business he just wanted the photo and wanted to get moving yeah, um, yeah so i think he was uh, he was struggling but we managed to get a photo out and we got a bit of a uh, bit of uh, coverage for that which was great <laughs> for for not us personally but for what we were doing Brilliant. Did you talk to him at all for a bit, or you didn't really? No, nah, we didn't. We we just said, "Look, how you going?" Pretty pretty um, basic conversation because he was with a huge group and they were sort of moving. And it's yeah. really tight. We're on this cliff, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was pretty cool to cool to see him, and he was doing something similar. Yeah, Roscoe, it's been absolutely brilliant to have you in here, and um, I think if you think about Port Adelaide and the true diehard. Uh, Port Adelaide supporters, if they actually think about what's going on in footy, like you said, that I think they've got so much added this year with changing their list so close to the finals. It looks like they're going to play finals. But if it's about making a community proud of all the things and all the work that you're doing, if I was a Port Adelaide supporter, I would be so proud of what my club is doing. And I'm proud of the work that you do, just knowing you as a good mate and the effort that you put into, like Baz said, your mind's just always ticking over. So uh, well done and all that stuff. It's been well, great. It takes a lot. I never ever thought I'd see the day that the three of us here would be wearing Port Adelaide. <laughs> oh, it looks, it looks good. You what, my grandfather would be rolling over in his grave. <laughs> well, and Brizzy, he'd be getting the shivers and down there. And somehow we've but become you what, it's been, for it too. No, it's actually been fantastic. And my love for Port was or all time love. It's probably crept a little bit today, mate. <laughs> well, <laughs> you think if if Brizzy was still here, he was here before he saw my son in a dress and he's. He could see his three sons in a put out. <laughs> so, um, I heard it was your dress too. <laughs> Roscoe, thanks a lot, mate. Um, you, he's such a kind man. He's even brought the chocolates and uh, caps as well. So, no, well done. Great having you in. Thanks, mate. No, thanks, boys. Thanks for having me, boys. See you, right.